1: Wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Hello there, I'm Adam. I'm Frankie. Welcome to Pink Gin at Rhodes.
3: Oh yeah. Road trip. <laughs> Road trip. <laughs> 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 whoop. I've got a lot of Rhodes puns lined up for this one <laughs> I apologise in advance
2: So you should Oh <laughs> Yeah okay sorry <laughs> We're off this week to exotic climbs because we're in Rhodes yeah. Now Frankie off the top of your head where's Rhodes?
3: I did look it up yeah. on a map
2: <laughs> I had to as well It's a rather confusing <laughs> bit of heritage isn't it? It is not there
3: its and especially when, when this is set mm. and the relationships I mean it's quite a big part of the the underlying tension of the, the book and the, the episode I would say it's a greek island and it's quite near turkey right Mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's all over the shop in terms of uh, various military tensions that are bubbling within it i don't think we should go into that part to be honest with you adam
2: same (laughs)
3: <laughs> cool. <laughs> Let's stick to murder, where mm. we're more comfortable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> are you packed and ready for roads?
2: Yeah, I am. Yeah. And uh, do you know what? I really do like this episode because um, you can tell they, you know, it's not filmed at Clacton or something and they haven't tried to, you know, roads up England or anything. <laughs> they, they really are there. It's great.
3: It's a good location shoot. It's, it looks beautiful. But I guess before we mm. set sail to roads, because it is boat, boat trip, <laughs> 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 we have a few bits to, uh, to talk about first, right?
2: Yeah, Sure. Well, first, we unveil the winner of our first edition competition. So we asked you to give us the three names we gave you during the episode last time, Third floor Flat. Loads of you entered. I mean, I wasn't expecting this many people to enter. I was going through the list of entries a minute ago and it's like, wow. So, uh, picking at random from the right entries, do you want to do a drum roll? Please get your drums out.
3: (laughs) I don't think I'm having a stroke. Or something. I don't apologise. I'm fine. <laughs>
2: <laughs> 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 the winner picked at random. Is Robert Stroud So Robert Woo! Thank you very much for entering Thanks everyone else for entering as well But uh, Robert is At the underscore Rob Dog On Twitter If you DM us Your uh, address Then I'll get that sent out for you As soon as possible
3: Congratulations Rob Dog
2: Yeah congratulations And thanks again to everyone who entered
3: You didn't win this time mm-hmm. Don't be sad Because We're going to do another competition Because we just can't get enough competitions <laughs> At the moment <laughs> But this one's A little bit different
2: yeah, this one is very fun, actually. Go on, Frankie, you go.
3: Well, it was brought to our attention a while ago, actually, I believe by Nick and Tree.
2: Nickery, Vickery Brown, yeah.
3: Yep. That the 20th of September is Talk Like Poirot Day, mm-hmm. which I think should be a national holiday. I'm a bit upset that it's not. I don't know who we, who we speak to about that. Mm-hmm. But anyway.
2: I think it's Liz Truss these days.
3: <laughs> oh, I wouldn't trust her. Oh, <laughs> no. uh, boom. I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I apologised already for puns. So. Oh. I,
2: I, I would just stick to the Rhodes ones. Cool, go on. Go on okay, in. Okay. Okay, thank you. <laughs>
3: so in honour of speak like, talk like Poirot Day, I apologise, speak, talk either way. We are going to do a little competition and we want to hear your best impression of Poirot. Hmm. So the way to enter is if you could pick your favourite quote from the TV series, from the books, whatever, whatever Mm -hmm. Poirot says. And if you could send us a little video of you saying the line, you don't have to be in the video because we're just going to take the audio Mm -hmm. for a future episode. So don't worry about putting on your finest gown or jewels or whatever. And just say your best line in your best Poirot voice.
2: Mm -hmm. And all you do is email that clip to bonjour at thelaboursofercule.com.
3: Very well remembered. (laughs) (laughs) i
2: The problem is, is it labels that cure? I am.
3: I think the microphone picked up the cogs whirring in your brain then. (laughs) And the prize is a really beautiful collection of the books.
2: Yes. We've got uh, a box set of... And then there were none. Murder on the Orient Express and The Murder of Roger Ackroyd. A lovely box set. Three crackers. Yeah. That's probably like top three yeah yes as we said make a little video of yourselves on your phones doing your best poiro voice as, as frankie said you can do any quote you like it doesn't even have to be ecu poirot you can just as long as it's poirot ish related adjacent yes just do your best <laughs> suchet voice we really want us to um talk like a waverly didn't we so that we could go you're damn defense you're damned, <laughs> you're damned offensive
3: but you would win that competition and it wouldn't be fair (laughs) on everyone else at home so you're
0: damned offensive by saying that you're damned
2: offensive
3: Also, we're going to make that available as a ringtone we've decided
2: (laughs) (laughs) whoever you don't like as soon as you get a text message (laughs) from them you're damned (laughs) offensive you're damned offensive
3: Talk Like a Poirot Day is the 20th of September So if you could get your videos in On the 19th mm-hmm. of September yep. Then yeah You could also have your voice featured In a future episode And isn't that the greatest prize of all <laughs> Not the really good book selection But yeah. just being on this podcast Pretty sure it's the books But yes I feel like I've won a prize being here
2: Me too I feel like I win a prize every time We have a lovely call together
3: Oh, so nah, You're, you're damned
2: offensive You're damned offensive So yes uh, Make your short clips And email them them to bonjour at thelaboursofhercule.com before the 19th of September to be in with a shot.
3: Good luck. Can't wait to hear all your voices. Mm.
2: Okay, we've had some lovely messages from you guys in the past week. I had one via my Patreon page.
3: What is the Patreon address,
2: Adam? <laughs> Don't make me say it. <laughs> <laughs> it's only patreon.com slash boy secret.
3: Sounds like a great Patreon to subscribe <laughs> to me. <I'm>
2: sure. <laughs> it, it really is. Yeah, from the lovely Catherine Mooney He's also listening to this show. She says... I do like the third floor flat. I have to say, as my Poirot watching partner observed, it's truly a great and tragic love story about Hastings and the Lugonda. What do you
3: think of that? (laughs) It's very true. There was the unspoken love there.
2: (laughs) So thank you for that, Catherine Mooney and her Poirot watching partner, whose name is Monica Westin, apparently so hi. I thought you
3: could say it was Captain Hastings.
2: He's busy with his legonda under the covers. <laughs> We've had another lovely message from Gavin Esquire on Twitter. He says, Mizami, I'm listening to your podcast right now. You're right. A mixed bag of an episode. I'm assuming he's talking about the third floor flat. Not ours. <laughs> <laughs> They're always. <laughs> like a rubbish bag of an episode. <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> Ow. As much as we knew it was the Mr. Dot, we had no information as to who the Mr. Dot was. And much like Columbo, we don't like the format to be messed with. We are creatures of habit, after all. I totally agree about that. Third floor yes. flat episode. I
3: also put out a message on our Instagram account. If you're not following it, why not? You should uh at Labour's Hercule. Asking people if there was anything we wanted us to talk about or mention or anything. And we had a submission from Adam and Nancy, and he asks: the inevitable hasting spin-off show, what would it be like? Wow. That's a question, isn't it?
2: Yeah. What would you call it? That's
3: a really good question. <laughs> Hastily with Hastings. <laughs> oh no what would you call it
2: I'm trying to think of one it doesn't matter Battle of Hastings oh yeah the Battles of Hastings that's a great one done it Mm.
3: thank god I I came back after (laughs) Hastings you are the best saved it (laughs) and I like to think of it in terms of format as a romantic comedy where it's like Hastings Unlucky in Love Mm. trying to yeah it's more more of a comedy a bit more slapstick perhaps than Poirot
2: I reckon it should be like Mr. Ed but instead of a talking horse a talking car like Knight Rider
3: and he has sex with
2: the car. Okay, sure. <laughs> <with the> car. <laughs> and, oh, yeah, and he has sex with the car. <laughs> Crickets.
3: That's the <a> plot to it. <laughs> Even though I'm so coming.
2: And running like a bird after all. Good.
3: Uh, we've also had some really lovely reviews on itunes lately cool podcasts whatever people are calling it what the kids are calling it these days <laughs> so thank you to everyone that's submitted one they are really helpful so if you would be so kind if, only if you like the show
2: mm. if you don't could you please just erase the memory of this show from your mind when you come to do reviews <laughs>
3: don't tell people you don't like it just don't say anything if you mm. call something nice don't say anything at all
2: yeah that's the that's the ticket
3: and um, so we had a lovely one here from Paris Bibi. <laughs> I'm assuming I'm reading that correctly. <laughs> so, the title is Delightful Podcast. Uh, I was so excited to hear about this podcast and now i finally settled down to listen to the entire episode. The hosts definitely deliver. Clearly, they love David Suchet as much as the listeners. The hosts have utterly charming banter between the audio clips of Poirot. Yeah,
2: so, thank you very much, Paris. Merci. Merci, uh, Paris.
3: <laughs> Another one says, it says, My little great cells, they tingle. Uh, and this is from Jason DeFilippo.
2: Oh, Oh, yeah, Jason. Yeah, good man. Yeah,
3: who tried to steal my spot on the show.
2: Sorry, Jason. <laughs>
3: but he's been very gracious with a very nice review that says, my newest treat is to download the latest episode, sit on the couch with my hounds, watch the episode of Poirot, and immediately press play on the podcast. I absolutely adore this show. A deal at twice the price.
2: Ah, someone charging you for these, Jason.
3: Mm, well, we'll take it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: He'll have sex with it. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I'm gonna have to cut that out, right? (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, I mean he makes love to it. Is that better?
2: I say much better.
1: Good lord. (laughs) Good God.
3: Um, we have another one here that says, play the detective. A jolly look at the definitive arrow adventures, where we are all challenged by our charming hosts to solve the cases before Agatha's most famous creation. Great fun, Aww. charming seems to be what, what people like to describe us as. Charming. I've ruined it now by talking about Hastings having sex with a yeah, car. Your so. auto
2: file, disgusting earnest. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> are you okay? All your sex talk. That's all it was.
3: Oh, sorry. You distracted me thinking about cars. <laughs> I've
2: got smoke coming out of my ears. <laughs> <laughs> like Hastings, are all
3: foggy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, another really nice one as well. It says, the podcast I've been waiting for. Delightful podcast for Sushi shade Looking forward to more. So, oh, cool. really nice reviews. Thank you, everybody. Yeah, and, thank you very much. Yeah, we'll stop patting ourselves on the back now. We can <laughs> actually talk about the new episode, what do you think?
2: <laughs> yeah, let's do it. So, this episode is Tranglin' Roads. Yes. And Let's uh, start off as we always do, by catching up with the Whitehaven Four. Only this time, we can't, because they're not in it. It's a Whitehaven Four light episode, isn't it? Everyone's off on their holes, as we find out right at the beginning, when uh, the Commissioner on the door tells the postman...
0: No good leaving all this stuff for 56B. They're on holiday. What, all of them? Oh, yeah. Captain Hastings has gone off shooting things, and the Secretary's gone off to visit her sister in Folkestone.
2: What about the French one?
0: somewhere foreign sent me a postcard with goats on it
2: oh yeah i remember let's hope it keeps fine for him i love the fact that he does confirm that poirot and the gang live in 56b because mm. we had to sort sort of do it geographically in my guess make. Oh, 56B there on holiday.
3: I also like that uh, they just happily, as a presumably he's supposed to be some sort of security on the building, just tells this man exactly where everyone is and that the apartment's empty. So <laughs> please don't come back and
2: rob what Pro is <laughs> Mr. Postman. You do, are huh? He's going to give you a stern finger.
3: The, I think the best part, though, even though we are missing the Whitehaven Four in this episode, and missing them very much, Poirot makes up for it by wearing his classic holiday linen suit, mm. which I love. Poirot and linens. Goddamn.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: It's perfection, isn't it?
2: You know, Poirot goes on holiday in a few episodes, isn't he? Yeah. I mean, it, we've got problem at sea coming up, for instance. Oh, uh, obviously, things like Death on the Nile and everything. I don't know about you. Do you sort of get the feeling that he never looks like he's having a great time <laughs> <What> a <day's laughs> like. he always wears a full suit of clothes he, he does everything he can to stay out the sun he never gets his Bermudas on he, he always has his, <laughs> oh, his tea sand instead of an ouzo you know yeah. it's like come on Poirot at least go on the banana boat or something <laughs> <laughs> <Phalaraki>. <laughs> <laughs>
3: the, the lads the lads
2: the lads uh, yeah
3: I know what you mean I guess it's because you can't really take a break from being poirot and mm. that's really the kind of holiday he needs where he switches off entirely doesn't use his little gray cells at all and can just relax but i think inevitably <laughs> he probably knows there's going to be a murder wherever he goes I,
2: so, <laughs> it's like a mercy rhyme isn't it um it, i reckon he needs like some kind of holiday outfit though like it should be speedos and a bow tie or something
3: oh that would be deeply erotic <laughs> and <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, uh, I guess also we do have to remember this is the 1930s, and the speedo, <laughs> the speedo. I don't believe was created uh, until a little bit later on, because actually you see some cracking male swimsuits in this episode. Um, do you? <laughs> uh, yeah, you do. Uh,
2: do <laughs> yeah, you, though? Do.
3: Backless cutouts, and mm-hmm. oh, it's it's something. It's truly something. I think I even wrote in my notes that it wouldn't be far off what an Instagrammer, an Instagram model would wear. <laughs> I think some of them <laughs> very, very sexy. Like rompers.
2: Anyway, let's get into (laughs) this. Yeah, it's great. I love it.
3: Oh, there are some great outfits in this one. I can't wait.
2: So we open on roads where Pamela Lyle, who's one of the guests at the Hotel Poirot is staying at, is being pursued through the streets by Mage Barnes, uh, who's a fellow guest. He's acting very sinister indeed. He loves to chase down a lone female by the looks of it.
3: That is not Mm. a good way to meet women. I'm going to say it. Slightly problematic. Although he's revealed to be later on an all right guy. Mm-hmm. I don't know, I don't know what he was thinking in that minute. I don't know if it's the heat. <laughs>
2: mm. it's, it's, very, it's very out of character as well for like the yeah. rest of the episode this episode I think more than any other is kind of a masterclass in misdirection I would say mm. in terms of story but even so it's like it sets you up for thinking that some kind of sex crime is about to happen Yeah. and then for the first five minutes and she finds Poirot on the street and says my god thank god I found you can you please help me get back to the hotel so I won't be harassed by Major Barnes
0: may
3: I cling to you Mr Poirot
0: Yes, it would be a pleasure, mademoiselle. You are in danger.
3: It's against all my instincts,
0: but the man persists. With the hotel being so empty, there's a great danger of my getting stuck for the rest of the holiday. (laughs) Ah, they're galloping Major Barnes.
2: And then (laughs) Major Barnes sees Poirot with uh, Pamela Lyle and escorts her back and... Major Barnes, like, does this weird, like, sinister look at her and then disappears into Mm. a doorway. And it's just, I don't know what it is about that opening scene. It's like, wow, this Mm. is really, like, quite dark. And then it just... He's never mentioned. They're just friends no. when they go back to the hotel. Major Barnes turns yeah. out to be fine. Pamela Lyle doesn't really comment on him anyway. It's just a really strange, out-of-place opening. Yeah. Mm. That is
3: a really weird one. I think you're right. I think it is a deliberate attempt at misdirection. Mm. It must be. Because, yeah, as you say, I, I can only speak from my own personal experience. When I've been when I've been followed by men, mm. I don't tend to like, hang out with them later on for the rest of my holiday and just enjoy their company. Mm. So, yeah, it was a weird one. luckily it doesn't go that route (laughs) we've just got murder which we're fine with yeah that's fine fine.
2: yeah we don't want to (laughs)
3: stalking (laughs) women is not cool (laughs) but i also love the moment where she bumps into Poirot and she's like may i cling to you mr poirot because we've all thought it we've all wanted to do it and she's just gone for it and i kind of respect her and very jealous of her at the same time. Mm. But even then, like Poirot goes into a little bit of a rant about the English abroad, Mm. which is fair, (laughs) I would say.
0: The behaviour of the English abroad is something I have always found peculiar.
3: At least he's not a bottom
1: pincher, Mr Poirot.
3: Apologizing for his behavior, it's very strange. It is a really strange intro. It's really like.
2: weird. At least it's not a bottom pincher. I don't know what he wanted to do to me, but I'm, a, I'm sure it wasn't pinching my bottom. <laughs> it's like, what is going on? <laughs> it's <laughs>
3: it's really weird. weird. But also, Poirot has in this episode actually, there's a whole kind of theme of being a bit uh, nervous around the English. Mm-hmm. Poirot says a line of,
0: but for me, the English is more cold blooded, his violence is more calculated.
3: And I think even later on the chief of police makes a comment about the English being these brutes so basically the British reputation abroad has not changed Mm.
2: and it doesn't it doesn't really get a great great ride out either in this episode no even though the whole island seems to be populated by gangs of black shirts we're sort of I I think probably 35 or 36 so that sort of fascist presence was starting to make itself known in Europe this is set during that time when tensions Mm. were brewing in Europe and and fascism and right wing uh, attitudes were on the rise of course can Never happen again,
3: obviously. Can <laughs> <laughs> we talk about men having sex with cars again tonight? Yeah, let's do that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so there we are. That's the that's the opening scene.
3: And then we eventually we end up back at the hotel at Rhodes, and we're starting to see the other guests actually making their way to the hotel mm-hmm. as well. And Pamela has got her hooks into Poirot big time. She's not leaving his side. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, this is when I think the reason why um Poirot allows this to happen is because Poirot. As much as I love him at his core, is a gossipy little bit <laughs> and Pamela is also a gossipy little mm-hmm. So I think they find like kindred spirits in that moment of, okay, we're on holiday together and we're at this hotel, and oh my god, Valentine Chantry's here. What a scandal. Mm-hmm. So they when they rock up the hotel, they see her and they comment about, oh, she's married again.
0: Good heavens, I do believe that's Valentine Chantry. Dakus oh. it was. I shouldn't think this place was quite her style. A bit quiet for her. She's rather marvellous, isn't she? She has married again.
1: Number five, I
3: think. Number five, Mm -hmm. her husband. And yeah, you can see the excitement bubbling between the two of them in that moment.
2: Yeah. So there are, um, I would say, probably, leaving aside uh, the major and Pamela, there are four Mm -hmm. main characters in this part from Poirot. And we meet them in quick succession. Two couples. So as you say, Tony and Valentine, who arrive Mm -hmm. uh, first. Tony's a bit of a beefcake and yeah. valentine is more like sultry and she's as you say been married many times before shortly after they arrive another couple arrive douglas and marjorie the goals yeah marjorie's a bit dowdy and douglas yes. is like it's like a happy labrador that's why <laughs> he sort <laughs> of bounds about the place and hello um ever yeah. so nice um you know with nice sort of honey blonde strawberry blonde hair and
3: He's the colour of a Labrador, it's exactly he really right. Is, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
2: He's a Labrador, there we go. He's
3: a good boy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> He's the goodest boy. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's basically your setup. Starts to really sizzle the next morning, I would say, when uh, yes. Poirot and Pamela are on the beach.
3: Sizzling, because Poirot is in the linen suit, under an umbrella, looking hot. Yeah. Physically, <laughs> and... Sexually, I can't speak today.
4: Good grief! But yeah, he looks good in the suit.
2: <laughs> yes, <laughs> I have to say, Pamela's a bit of a dish. Yeah. Mm. She gives me Olivia Coleman vibes.
3: Uh, I find her too much of a bitch. She's not really my type. Oh, Pamela. <laughs> yeah, she's just always judging, 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 mm. judging.
2: She's a bit of a yeah.
3: Yeah, because she's there in a, a very cute little swimsuit. To be fair, and then you've got Valentine sunbathing in ridiculous big hat and whatever she's wearing, and you know, legs for days, very gold. Golden and then tanned and looking gorgeous and then Douglas and Marjorie rock up and mm. she's instantly like oh made a mistake with the outfit there oh dear
0: that bathing dress is
3: a mistake oh Pamela you she, f- not nice. she
2: is um she's one of those instigators she? she likes to kick the beehive kind of thing yeah I mean that, that there's a moment in a little while isn't there when you know certain events happen that she says oh great let's get them together on a round a table at, in an isolated place and see what happens and it's like yeah you are a little stirrer yeah, yeah. He's
3: unashamed with it, yes. for sure.
2: So basically, at the beach, things start to happen. So, as mm-hmm. you say, Valentine and Tony are luxuriating on a sort of raised bit over there, sunbathing, and he's yeah. doting over her. Then Douglas and Marjorie rock up, and Marjorie's very, you know, prim, and she's dowdy, as you say. You know, she she, she, she yeah. hey, Douglas, come into the water, and all this kind of thing. It's lovely,
4: Douglas, so warm. Do
2: come. And Douglas takes off his robe... And starts limbering up in what you say is a sexy <laughs> swimming costume. Oh, my I? God, yeah. <laughs> oh,
3: I don't know. God,
2: I, I, I remember laughing out loud when I saw his swimming costume when I was, what, 11?
3: Fashion has changed. But as I say, yeah, it's, I don't quite like it. <laughs> it's quite
2: nice. He looks like one of those really crap British wrestlers, I would say. <laughs> yeah.
3: On the Labrador, that could be his wrestling name, the Labrador. <laughs> the
2: Labrador. <yeah. laughs>
3: I think, to be fair, Tony's probably a little bit more mm. hunky in his swimsuit because he's got the cutouts in the back.
2: <laughs> yeah, he kind of pulls it off a little bit more, I would say. Yeah. But um Valentine, who's with Tony at the time, glances across the beach and is just, <gasps> look at that Labrador person.
3: <laughs> she is like, and I think I wrote in my notes, Freud would have a field day because. <laughs> <laughs> <lacht> He's puffing on a <lacht> <your girl, oder>? cigarette. <lacht> <laughs> ogling
2: her eyes are twirling <laughs> round like, <laughs> <laughs>
3: basically
2: hello um, like her
3: eyes are out of stalks yeah. looking at him and then she sends her she sends tony off to go and get her face cream like tony bless him is like oh okay off I go and mm. she just, uh, makes up some stupid ridiculous excuse to get the labrador to play fetch with her mm-hmm. can't she can't get a
2: lid off something so she so she makes a big fuss about it and sort of douglas yeah. bounds over there like a labrador his tongue all hanging Panting. out <laughs> me i do it for you? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I like to be a good boy
2: in health. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when the, the tensions begin, really, isn't it? Because um, it's yeah. remarked upon by Poirot and by Pamela.
0: Don't you think that human beings tend to reproduce certain patterns, Mister Poirot? Stereotyped patterns.
3: And Pamela draws a triangle in the sand.
2: So that's the basic setup for the whole story, really, that it's just the escalating tensions between these two couples because Valentine and Douglas clearly into each other. Mm. Tony... Is Valentine's husband, and he's furious about it. And Marjorie is mournful all the way through because she feels like she's losing Douglas to this more glamorous woman. I mean, that, that yeah. those are the cliff notes. I was, I always thought when she drew the triangle, shouldn't that be a square? <laughs> 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 I mean, Marjorie's that invisible.
3: <laughs> yes, well,
2: wow, look at those three people. There's trouble there. How about me? Oh yeah.
3: <laughs> marjorie's drowning in the scene. <laughs> yeah. like, oh, this is a lovely time. It's these
2: three. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Yeah.
3: Poor old Marjorie.
2: But um, yeah, from there, I mean, she, Marge, Marjorie actually makes a point, doesn't she, of approaching Poirot a couple of times mm. to remark on the fact that uh, isn't it awful when people choose to stray away from those they love? And-
3: yeah, well, because after the beach incident,
2: mm.
3: Valentine and Douglas happen to find themselves on an excursion, just the two of them, and neither of them have their partners there with them. And, ha, 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 and Valentine does this very, like, girlish giggle about it. He's very excited.
1: Well, we'll just have to make the best of it. On our
3: own. <laughs> and and Douglas says, oh, um, yeah, Marjorie was t- like too much sun. She's not coming. So I'm here alone. Mm. Uh, and then you see later Marjorie bumps into Poirot and she's like, we'd
0: arranged to go on a tour of the old city this afternoon, but... Somehow or other, we missed
3: each other. So she wasn't sick. So you, you're led to think, oh dear, he's deliberately mm. shook her loose so that he could get some alone time with Valentine. And yeah, she's very open about the feelings about
2: it. Tony comes back as well from bathing and mm. finds Valentine. It's just returned. And she, Valentine's all like,
1: oh. Have a nice bathe, Tony, darling. Hasn't it been a marvellous day in this life? Oh, Tony.
2: And he storms straight past it. So it's quite clear that these two couples are kind of at war over this mm. like, seeming infatuation between Valentine and Douglas. Not made any better by, as I say, Pamela's insistence on arranging a day out for them all to a yeah. remote restaurant on top of a cliff so that they can all sit there and see at each other. So it's <laughs> Pamela and Poirot and the two couples yeah. journey up to this lunch they're having. And Marjorie decides to stumble into a rather (laughs) ill-received comment about how people who divorce are are rubbish Because, you know, once you commit to something in life, you should stick to it
1: Well, I belong to the old-fashioned generation that
0: doesn't believe in divorce The sort of attitude there is to life nowadays that if you do a thing and you don't like it You get yourself out of it as quickly as possible Easy marriage,
3: easy divorce.
2: I hate that. When she realises that Valentine's been married five times, she she runs away. Like, you know, she's terribly, terribly embarrassed. Tony, mm.
3: her husband, mm. leaps to his wife's defence, saying... Just
2: because a woman is good-looking, people come down on her like a tonne of bricks.
3: Oh, but I didn't mean... Oh, dear... Marjorie? And yeah. flees out onto the rockery. But before Poirot goes out to speak to her again, mm. there is that amazing moment when he's ordering his Oh lunch.
2: my God, yeah. I was going to come back to that, but yeah, this is fantastic.
3: Oh, it's so good. The
0: bowel's in spit. I have your assurance it is the kidneys of the lamb, but on obscure yes? C'est parfait. Then for me, the bowel's in spit.
2: It's another... Episode about food. Like literally every episode's had a food mm. like important moment about food in it so far, whether it's Blackberry Crumble or
3: mm. I know, know you weren't a fan Kedgery. of the menu in the last um episodes, but how do you feel about bowels and spit? Would well, you be up for trying that? It
2: sounds like uh like was it livers on a skewer or something? Lamb's livers mm. on a skewer. I mean right. I've eaten that before. So yeah, I think it alright.
3: I like the appetizing way of phrasing it. <laughs> Bowels and spit.
2: I think that should be the name of the Hastings program. (laughs) Bowels and spit sounds to me like the light meal. It sounds a bit more...
3: Yes. Yes. High protein.
2: (laughs) High urine. (laughs) High saliva. Gorgeous. Yes. Poirot, he loves a bowel. Anyway, it's then that he walks out to Marjorie and says...
0: Then my advice to you, madame, is this. Leave this place before it is too late. Too late? What do you mean? You're frightening me. Yes, that is my intention. But why? Why? It is my advice to you. Leave this island if you value your life.
3: and very ominous but she does not take his advice clearly Mm. because they stick around and actually I'm not entirely sure how it comes to be but you see the couples having a moment of reconciliation Mm. I think Poirot is in a boat with Pamela for some reason or another that's the closest he's going to get to a banana boat I'm afraid Mm -hmm. Uh, and they see them on the beach Uh, they see the lads shaking hands and you know putting it behind them and they're going to make an effort to all be friends and I think Pamela's a bit disappointed because oh they seem to be going on now. That's my entertainment ruined. for yeah. the holiday.
2: Oh, she's a bit of a stir, isn't she?
3: She's a proper little b- Mm-hmm. Uh, but then around this time, so Poirot is getting ready to leave. His holiday is over, so mm. he starts to prepare. Pamela makes the rather ominous comment of, I was half hoping there'd be a murder, so you would stay.
2: That's just like you, isn't it, Pamela? <laughs>
3: um, but there's also another fantastic moment as Poirot is preparing to leave when his the maid is packing his suitcase.
2: Mm. Oh. No, please!
3: Ah! Right. Yeah, yeah. If you want to see
2: Poirot lose his shit because someone's folded his tie wrong, then uh, you're well served in triangular Rose.
3: I'm amazed that he let anyone touch his stuff. Me too. In the first place.
2: So yeah, the two couples have magically reconciled. So yeah, everyone's getting on well now. It's good, which is you know just in time for Poirot's leaving. So it's nice to see yes. that he's leaving them all on a high note. So the ladies go off on a girls' trip. Around the island, yep. and uh, they're having a fantastic day. The guys, what? They're
3: playing pool yeah. with the galloping
2: Major Barnes. Yes. Major
3: Barnes. Yep. And
2: Poirot packs his case and off he goes. But at customs, Poirot finds himself held up by some idiots who won't let him through. <laughs> Thank you. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, he finds himself held up at customs. We then cut back to the bar where the two couples are having a drink together. And the evening's there, you know, all it's fantastic that we're all friends again.
3: Yeah, ladies come back from their ladies' day of taking photos of each other around some ruins. Mm-hmm. For like Instagram, before it was Instagram uh, activity mm-hmm. for girls. And they, yeah, they come back. And I guess this would be the first clue we probably want to point out here. They come back and they're like, let's have some drinks. Let's get some drinks in because, you know, woo holiday. <laughs> and already the lad the drinks in and they are drinking specifically. Uh, I think it's Douglas and the major are having whiskey. Mm-hmm and tony who i keep in my notes kept calling number five which feels quite mean valentine's <laughs> beefcake husband. husband
2: yeah but number five <laughs> yeah.
3: um number five is drinking a pink gin pink a sparkling gin. Pink, pink, pink gin
2: fantastic this film isn't he,
3: it? it really, it really is. is so then they the ladies return and they're like let's get the drinks in lads miss lyle
0: what will you have oh thanks a sidecar please darling Pink gin. (laughs) Oh, have that one. I'll order another.
3: Oh, rather. They, or the rest of them, I think uh, Marjorie decides to go a little bit wild and get some ginger beer and gin, (laughs) which is a little
4: bit crazy (laughs) because
3: she's on holiday. Why not? Dowdy, my (laughs) arse. And then we start to see that Valentine's coughing a little bit.
2: Mm -hmm. Yes. Are this... I have to say, right? I I I think this this death is pretty cruel and it's mm. quite it's quite a nasty death. It's played out. Yeah, it's like you know she's been poisoned because she's mm. really like hacking up she can't, she can't get my breath <laughs> you know. But I think the yeah. the lady that plays her Annie Lambert, she like properly nails it. Mm. She can't breathe. She's like I oh, can't breathe. And yeah. It's something really nasty because obviously you know who the characters are. Mm-hmm. You, you know that someone there has done it and someone yeah. is just watching her watching her die mm. it's really quite a nasty death and um, yeah
3: it is sinister yeah it's really hell. sinister yeah.
2: it's quite a cruel one there's
3: also that moment when I think she's really coughing talking her lungs up and then bloody Pamela's like you okay? are you alright? what's the
0: matter? I need to drink some water oh. <laughs> wait <laughs> us.
1: Oh. I, f- I feel rather queer <clears throat>
3: something gone down the wrong way <gasps>
1: I can't, I can't get my bread oh.
3: Waiter <laughs> Paraglow, quickly, some water
2: Water, <laughs> please Is that She's joking, let's stick something else down her neck Yes
3: imagine you're you're like near death and you've got Pamela in your face being like hi (laughs) 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 Hi. you're the last thing I'm gonna see could you die a bit
2: louder please this is
3: fantastic (laughs) but they obviously know something's horribly wrong so they leap into action eventually Mm -hmm. Um, they call for a doctor and Pamela's like I gotta go get Poirot back I gotta get my man back Mm -hmm. and so like in a romantic comedy she hops in a car and flies to the port to stop him from boarding the boat you know and there's that moment she gets out the car and she's running around and she sees the boats going away she's like no I missed him and then she hears him. <laughs> I have told you again and again. I am on
0: holiday to the time of a debater. I am a better citizen, you have no right to detain me. You will not leave this island until you explain all rumors exactly. How can I leave this island now? My ship has gone, you idiot.
3: <laughs> and he didn't get on the boat after all because they wouldn't bloody let him. No. <laughs> so,
2: <laughs> Thankfully he hasn't gone so she he totally um, agrees to go back straight away (laughs) i love the way he tells the police about send my back to the hotels if they're like you know porters or something but they do so (laughs) he heads back to the hotel and he he's told that valentine has died and he seems to know straight away that she was gonna die so yes (laughs) there's your killing the police arrest douglas who you know seemingly uh, romantically infatuated with valentine
3: yeah and because when the lads got the drinks in it was douglas at the bar ordering them so instantly as she starts choking she's coughing up a lung tony turns and points at douglas you
0: killed her you meant to kill me but you killed her i'll see you hang for this gold
3: I'll see you hang for this. Instantly, all focus is pointed at Labrador Douglas, mm-hmm. um, who looks like a very whining, whimpering in the corner. Mm-hmm. Tells his <laughs> but yeah, he's arrested and taken away.
2: So Poirot goes to see him and says, uh, you know, please tell me the truth. Were you attracted to-, to Valentine? And he says, no. I just was drawn to her because she seemed lonely and unhappy. And he- Poirot also asks if he loves his wife. And He gives a tearful admission that he does, and he would do anything for her, and he's always loved her more than anything in the world, and... Poirot believes him, it's like Yeah. It wasn't you, was it, mate?
3: Spoken so. like a true good boy. Dogs just want to bring joy to people. If they see someone sad, they'll go and cheer them up. He
2: literally is a Labrador. <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs> They're always loyal to their owners. Yeah. So then after that, he returns back to the hotel and he bumps into Tony and Marjorie appears at that moment and basically says to Tony, Look, I'm gonna go visit my my husband in prison, but you know, please, I know you've lost your wife, but I'm losing a husband. You know, please, you know, have pity and all this and that's in the moment where Poirot turns around and goes
0: then believe me when I tell you that he is innocent and you may rest assured that he will soon be released
3: and they both look a little bit stunned in that moment Mm. that Poirot is is so sure that he didn't do it
2: which is quite important yes Yes. anyway uh, we get to the chief of police who I I love the chief of police (laughs) Oh, my God. I would just like to take a moment, though, to acknowledge the passing of, like, decent voice acting, because (laughs) we were doing so well, until he starts talking about red blooded Passion.
0: There is no doubt, signore. When the cold-blooded Englishman comes out into the sun, perhaps it warms his passion.
2: (laughs)
3: Oh, my God. I had to look up the actor that played this guy, um, because (laughs) I was fascinated. He's brilliant. Um, And his name is Al Fiorentini, who is Italian, so he's not Greek.
2: So it's English he struggles with. Yes. (laughs) Right.
3: But what I, this is what is so problematic about around this era of TV casting, because, I mean, the fact that an Italian man's playing a Greek is probably not that controversial, but then he has also, in his career, played Mohamed Al fayed in the <laughs> 1928 TV movie of Diana, a tribute to the People's Princess. <laughs> So, there we go. <laughs> Can we get
2: that guy from Poirot?
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know the perfect accent for this yeah, one.
2: You wait till you hear how he pronounces <laughs> red a bladida," uh, which uh, is going to pop up quite a bit in the al
3: Shockingly, he hasn't had a whole lot to his career other than mm. these two roles,
2: so... Right.
3: I hope he's still working somewhere.
2: Well, if they ever do you know, a remake of Alo, Alo, <laughs> think he's pretty much... Uh, <laughs> he's nailed.
3: And I also want to give a quick shout-out to, when we go back to the police station for a second, they, will, they have these broad bright shiny white gun holsters on that are like made of pcc i don't know if you noticed I that didn't, no. i was dazzled <laughs> uh, i don't know what the fact that some fascinating fashion choices in this episode basically i just wanted to say because mm. yeah they were they were shiny and they were white <laughs> really the costume designer in this one yeah gets huge props
2: ruins it kind of with the with the male swimming costume <laughs>
3: well you say that but I also really love one of the other things I love about Tony is that he looks like he's always wearing a bathrobe even when he's not <laughs> <That's> <laughs> he wears so true. like a romper at one point and he looks like he's in a bathrobe and I really appreciate that because you're on holiday you want to be comfy so mm. good for Tony so true <laughs> number five living his best life
2: <laughs> with his dead wife
3: oh, also I, can I just also go back real quickly because I missed a really good pun sorry mm-hmm. when the fact that Valentine is dead does she become Rhodes Kill too soon <laughs> <laughs> Damn. That's I so apologize, good. everyone. Well done. Thank you. I'll put up my Twitter apology <laughs> in advance. Never apologize.
2: <laughs> Roads kill. <laughs> you need to see Frankie's face when she does these things because she, she offers a pun and then she looks kind of hopefully.
3: <laughs> <laughs> my eyes grow about five centimeters. How about that one? <laughs> <laughs> because I'm just so, like Douglas the Labrador, I just want to prove what <laughs> <laughs> You just want
2: to make people happy. And
3: you do. I do. Also, I, we haven't talked really at all about the, ma- the galloping major in mm. this, um, but he's got his own side business going on where he's going fishing all the time and comes back and talks about all the fishing he did. And Poirot's like, yeah, sure you did, buddy. When <laughs> uh, he brought back a fish at the hotel and he's like,
0: The mallet was excellent. Oh, glad you enjoyed
3: it. Oh, yes. Where did you buy it? Oh, buying it for a second, bruv. No way.
2: You left the Safeway label on the... uh... On, the, on the fish <laughs>
3: sort of it. Yeah, it turns out the whole fishing thing is a cover, and actually he's doing surveillance. Yeah, uh, he's a policeman.
2: Yeah, he's some kind of government, isn't he? Like a spy or something. Am I, yeah, for the British intelligence. Mm. Which makes the uh, pursuit of a lone woman around the streets even more puzzling. In the beginning and it's problematic. Just, it's very weird. The chief of police uh, tells Poirot that a certain type of poison was used and came from a deadly viper snake, mm. which is ominous because. Earlier in the episode, we do see a viper, but um, Poirot inquires as to where someone would might get that kind of uh, poison, and they quickly track down a nice little old lady um, who she's like an apothecary kind of person, and her granddaughter.
3: Well, she could have just been really rough and haggard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she might be twenty five. We don't know. Must <laughs> have lived a life of poison. <laughs> Even
2: drinking, drinking too much viper poison. <laughs> Pamela goes in. Uh, she speaks a little bit of Greek. which yeah. is <laughs> She inquires as to who bought the poison. Because if they can find out who bought the poison, then they'll know who the killer is. So, was it Douglas or was it another Englishman? So, uh, I'm going to say, 42 minute mark. As she begins this conversation, if you want to mm-hmm. solve it, you need to pause it right now because the killer is revealed in that conversation.
3: A big old clue comes straight away, straight and then away. from there, it's yeah, it's it's basically solved.
2: Yeah, can't so then, really um, can't really talk about anything else that happens in the episode because it's all denouement from there. But um, apart from to say, um, the killer isn't Pamela so we can count her out but I want to remark on a moment at the end where Pamela says goodbye to Hercule because after the case is solved he obviously leaves the island and she remarks on the fact that she's had such a wonderful adventure with him
0: Goodbye, Monsieur Poirot I hope we shall meet again
2: and every time i see that scene i think that's exactly what i'd be like i'd be like no please don't go please be my best friend forever i've had such an amazing adventure with you
3: yeah we, we talked about it before and i told you that if i was pamela in that situation i wouldn't let him leave me mm-hmm. and i would follow him into the ends of the earth and just be wherever he was i would dedicate my life to following him around mm-hmm. just being there a bit stalkery i suppose maybe i sound like the galloping major when i say that but i mean it in like a from a place of pure love um It would be like a a cult leader situation where I'm just following him. Mm. Um, So, yeah, if anything, I think she's kind of stupid for letting him go. But whatever. Please give me
2: your address. Yeah, sure. It's uh, 95C Whitehaven Mansions.
3: (laughs) All they have to do is, I'm sorry, that bloody doorman would tell me within seconds because he is loose-lipped. He'd be like, oh, yeah, they're on holiday. Here's a spare key. Uh, It's under the mat. And, yeah, (laughs) make yourself comfortable.
2: Because there are certain characters he meets over the course of his adventures that, pop up again from time to time like mm. uh, battle's one of them isn't it yeah then you got vera Roskov, and yes. you know you got, um, obviously yeah. ariadne oliver and stuff you can always tell the people yeah. who really loved him but maybe he didn't love so much like pamela yeah sure here's my number <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> 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 like, and you were also there as well <laughs> he's like gushing like oh i had such a wonderful time with you thank you so much and he's like you are welcome.
2: <laughs>
3: Goodbye, <laughs> <laughs> Pamela. <laughs> Angela.
2: Angelo, <Pamela>. Whatever. <laughs> it's nice to be on holiday, was
3: not
2: it? It was nice to be on holiday and it's a very sweaty episode as well. I like it. It's good. It's like, yeah. it doesn't feel like any of it was filmed on studio locations in England. It felt like it was all filmed... Exactly where it's supposed to be. It's beautiful. Beautiful to look at.
3: Mm. I really want to go to Rhodes now. Can we go to Rhodes? Yeah, let's
2: do that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're going to have a hell of a day out, aren't we? We're going to have breakfast first thing in the morning.
3: (laughs) Have breakfast, get pissed, get out on a boat, go to Rhodes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Rhodes trip! (laughs) Rhodes trip, baby! And we can go on a uh, Poirot podcast cruise, or we could take all our listeners with us. Yeah. Have a big party on a boat.
2: Ooh. Who's funding this?
3: Um... (laughs) Dunno.
2: <laughs> hey listeners.
3: <laughs> hey, Patreon coming
2: <laughs> You wanted it. That's not true. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> mm. But production wise, what do you think of this episode? Like as usual, stunning to look at and acted what do you think about like production itself
3: yeah i think it's it's, a sp- it's definitely a step up from the last one from the third floor flat mm-hmm. and i think there's the mystery is a little bit more intriguing and exciting mm-hmm. and the characters and the relationships between them you see a lot more of it that was the thing you didn't get with the third floor flat you're told a lot about people's relationships
2: afterwards and, yeah
3: yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. whereas in this one you're watching it happen to a degree in real time so it, it, this feels a bit more like a, a classic if you think of an agatha christie mystery this is kind of what you think of. Like, and actually i've, I've seen comparisons of this one and evil under the sun mm-hmm. in terms of the, the kind of setup because the yeah. setup is the same but the Denume one is different mm-hmm. and the, the mystery is different uh so i enjoyed it and i did i did solve it i, I, I half solved it i don't know about you we can talk about that after mm,
2: yeah talk, but... half solved it as well first mm. time i saw it yeah
3: it's an enjoyable episode and there's lots going on and it's as you say visually stunning roads is beautiful the hotel is really nice where they're in as well and that's nice to see you get to see a snake the costume design is off the charts uh so men's swimsuits white pvc gun holsters uh also we uh, a special shout out to the the medical examiner who they go see at the police who was a British man that came to Rhodes on holiday and just never left. We all know that type. Um, but he's really embraced the culture because he's wearing a full-on fez. <laughs> and oh God. Uh, I loved him. I loved it all. So I really enjoyed this one. And in terms of the mystery and everything, I've, I think I give it like six to seven.
2: Mm what about you yeah i'm I'm sort of on the same page really i think Mm. there's lots in this episode like i sort of half solved it as well but only by Mm -hmm. eliminating people it couldn't be Mm -hmm. like there are certain people that it can't be for obvious reasons so Mm -hmm. you're left with a very small pool of people it could be and then you Mm -hmm. sort of realize well if it's them then maybe them as well oh I don't know anyway I don't want to give too much away in case people want to go up and solve it although I'm sure they've already watched it beforehand but um I I find it a little bit like I wonder how Poirot got onto the right track and I've always mm-hmm. thought that about this episode it's like he supernaturally knows who it is from the off um and does certain things and it's like how mm-hmm. did you get on how did you get onto that track yeah. you know I like I've always struggled with that slightly so I think in terms of mystery you do have to sort of have a leap of faith you know you need to be a poirot clever you i don't think you can really solve yeah. it unless you're supernaturally omnipresent like him so yeah. yeah in terms of the mystery i i think i'll go a six as well it's definitely mm. a step up i and i, I really yeah. enjoyed the episode and i think the mystery is really clever but yeah. i think it I, t- I tell you what there is actually one clue that we um, should talk about as one of the key clues
3: mm-hmm. when we
2: get to that in a minute that's really important that i didn't really pick up on until this rewatch this afternoon but Mm -hmm. um, now I've seen it I think maybe that's how he knew from the off who was going to die and who was going to do it but we'll talk about that in a minute but yeah I'm going to say mm. yeah I'll say 6.5 yeah straight down the middle yeah
3: that's a good one and from the off though even Poirot rocking into the situation going someone's going to die mm. I'm, I'm just certain someone's going to it's die it's like why you're a bit like yeah
2: surely people have affairs
3: yeah but this is the thing people have affairs and people don't die yeah. every time they have an affair but you're right there is, there is a bit of a kind of supernatural with his there's going to be a death I'm very yeah. certain
2: it's going to be that person Um, you better mm. leave because your life's in danger that, that kind of thing and it's like, really? Couldn't, what if Douglas and Valentine met, fell mm-hmm. in love, and just said that we're in love, we're off? And that was it. But it's like, it's a little bit of a leap to say, wow, they're, they're obviously in love, but they're both already married. So someone's going to die.
3: Do you think this is a technique that he uses? Because if he says there'll be a murder and there is one, he's like, told you. <laughs> just if he was everywhere he goes. <laughs> yeah. Like he goes to the supermarket and he's like, there's probably going to be a murder. Lurpak,
2: £5.70 oh if I was you I would get out of here now because it's going to be it's going to be a murder there's going to be some to
3: if he says it everywhere he goes and it's like 10% of the time he's right that's
2: pretty good (laughs) do you think
3: I think that's the technique
2: (laughs) do you think Agatha Christie's safe is full of manuscripts where he said it and then it didn't happen (laughs) (laughs) she's like oh I can't use that one now
3: (laughs) (laughs) so I think think that must be the only explanation Hmm.
2: (laughs) what about uh, your Lysic Burn if you had to pick one from this episode
3: oh there are some really good ones. I'm going to
2: go with a, a very straight one, you know, a very easy, simple one, which is just, mm. I just think it's like, oh, God, that almost sting. That was a really sick burn. And that's uh, Pamela at the beach where she remarks on, you know, uh, Marjorie's swimming costume. It's like, oh, geez, that that's cold-blooded. Oh,
0: dear. That
2: bathing dress is a mistake.
3: Yeah, you're right. I feel like it has to be Pamela wins the, the biggest b- episode <laughs> prize. <laughs> the sick
4: yeah <laughs> she gets <laughs>
3: there, there are some good ones as well i think paro's lines are a bit more savage than kind of bernie yeah. they're more just like british men are, are monsters <laughs> basically and yeah he like when he's losing his mind at the woman folding his clothes it's not really a burn it's just angry mm. so yeah I, I'll, I'll be with you on the pamela one i think that is a burn okay. for this episode
2: well if you want to solve it what would you say are the three clues i've got one but I'd be interested to see if you pick it. So go with your first two so far.
3: Yeah, I think the first big clue is that Tony orders a pink sparkling gin and Valentine also drinks pink sparkling gin. And Douglas places the order for that clue number one. Okay.
2: Yeah, I would say that there's only really one other clue. It's very subtle. And as I say, I was thinking to myself today, how did Poirot get onto the fact that that someone was going to die what made his ears prick up and i was Mm. always um intrigued by the fact that in the beach scene um a remark is made and he sort of instantly flinches and goes that's not right and it's the moment when marjorie says to douglas
1: such a clever idea of yours darling
2: scarcely heard of the place thought it was greek maybe or turkish no idea, it was eye time. And Poirot sort of flinches and says, wait mm. a minute, something happened there that wasn't right. And if you spool yes. it back slightly to 7.30, I w- had to go back and look for it, but I found
3: she it. He insisted.
2: Seven At 7.30, when Douglas and Marjorie arrive at the hotel and they're getting out of the car, Poirot is dressing in his room and he looks out the window and he hears the fragments of a conversation. And amongst that mm. conversation, uh, Marjorie says, You'll enjoy bathing and lazing about? We could have done that in Brixham. Why you wanted to drag us all this way?
0: You'll adore it here, I know.
2: I can see that you mean to enjoy yourself. Yet, as I just said, a minute and a half nice. later at the beach, Marjorie says it was Douglas, and Poirot flinches because he's obviously remembered the conversation from the night before, where it's quite clear that she's the one that booked the holiday. Thank oh God, you're right. So those are the two big clues you need.
3: It's it's really tricky to give because also the other thing as well, the the clues otherwise are so obvious as to who it is mm-hmm. that it's not really a mystery to solve at that point. No, so, it's all about yeah.
2: it's all about misdirection this episode. Yes all about misdirection. Yes. It's all about mistrust. Stop looking at what you're being told and look at why you're being told it. Very good. So that was Triangle Roads. Um Go away and solve it if you can. I'm sure you will. But as I say, pause it at the 42 minute mark when Pamela is talking to the old lady about the poisons because the old lady basically reveals who the killer is during that conversation. So if you want to solve it, then you've got until then to do so yeah it's a great episode i really really like it
3: mm, it's really fun it's, go- it's nice to be abroad and it's good to see poirot in his linens so yeah i really enjoyed it and then once you have solved it come and listen after the music and join us for the discussion of the denouement mm. that's how you say that
2: if you're not going to come back for the talk about the denouement then don't forget submit your entries to our talk like poirot competition which have to be back with us by the 19th of September any poirot phrase you like do your best suchet and send them to bonjour at the of com.
3: we can't wait to hear them unless they're damned offensive
2: <laughs> <laughs> you're damned <laughs> you're damned offensive I can't get enough of saying that, by the way.
3: No, I can't get enough of you saying it, so we're all winning.
2: Yes, well, um, maybe see you after the break. Horrible. That's it. (laughs) Go away.
3: We've listened to the music, so this means that you're ready to discuss the denouement with us.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay, go on then, Frankie. Who's responsible for the killing?
3: The killers are <laughs> Marjorie and Tony. <laughs> oh, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Mrs. Golden Number Five, as I wrote in my notes, they're <laughs> it together.
2: Yeah, it's the dowdy. Oh, <laughs> it's the frumpy lady and uh, Number Five. They were the ones it's having, it's having the affair.
3: It's bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was a little switcheroo they did on there, see? You think there's one triangle, but there's another one going on. Mm-hmm.
2: So clever. clever. It is really clever. Mm. And I do really like the fact that you've been misdirected all the way through. You're like, oh, Valentine and Douglas, they're getting a make close. Oh, Valentine and Douglas. And then afterwards, if you think about it, the reason why they went off on their trip together, you know, Marjorie was laughing, wasn't she? She wasn't, she mm-hmm. wasn't missed on the thing. She said, oh, you go off and have a nice time. And so yeah. did Tony. And um, yep. of course, they were just left to each other. And it's all... So- clear afterwards and that little um, argument they have at the lunch table where... Uh, Marjorie Stained. makes a comment it's all staged it's fantastic it's very good it's very clever
3: that is actually another thing that Poirot has said in not in this episode but in other ones where where people try too hard to make you think they hate each other mm. he always knows that's a red flag yeah so that could be another reason why he was suspicious of of them perhaps that's
2: a classic Christie trope isn't it it's always yeah, the people who is. are protesting too much so. exactly yeah,
3: Definitely. shakespeare mm. Yeah, <laughs> it's in terms of denouements. This is a bit dramatic. It's a bit one, spectacular,
2: right? isn't it? Yeah, it's
3: like speed. Yeah. Basically. It goes fucking crazy. It,
2: unfortunately, it's like speed two cruise control. <laughs> it really, really, is. really bad.
3: Literally, is speed two cruise control because mm-hmm. Pamela and Faro T- are driving back in the car on the way to to basically go and apprehend Mrs. Gold and Tony. And they're talking about play by blow by blow, exactly what happened. So we now know it was them. And then they spot Major Barnes out in his fishing boat <laughs> with a big old fish that died five days ago. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so something fishy is going on there.
1: Hey.
3: It, it was terrible. <laughs> but he tells them that Marjorie and number five, Tony, have just taken their own boat out to the Turkish coast. So they're like, well, time for a road trip, boat trip. Let's get into <laughs> <laughs> the <worst>. uh, so, <laughs> so they get, they hop in a boat
2: mm. and chase after them. It's brilliant. There's a boat chase. Yeah, I, I should quickly say um, the the conversation with the old lady revealed that yes. uh, an Englishman didn't buy the poison that killed Ch- uh, Valentine Chantry. It was an English woman. And therefore, woman. Yes, a woman. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so I married Max Murder. Yeah,
2: right? woman. <laughs>
3: <laughs> woman. Wo-
2: <laughs> (laughs) Yeah, so that's how they know straight away. The whole thing's been yeah. misdirection from the beginning. It was Marjorie and Tony. Tony. What's wrong with my Tony head today? Five.
3: She wasn't dowdy after all. It was all a lie. Mm,
2: it was all misdirection. Uh, Marjorie and she's Tony.
3: actually very glamorous.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, she's off on a boat <laughs> with dynamite and everything. So yeah, oh, um, oh. Poirot and Pamela and Major Barnes give chase in the boat. And because the locals use dynamite for fishing, because they're damn lazy, according to uh, Marjor- <laughs> Major Barnes, there is tense few moments as dynamite is hurled at them it's quite good fun isn't it
3: yeah it's really good fun and i also there's a few things i love about this one is the fact that they're in a basically a very slow motion boat chase because they're not moving very fast <laughs> at all but they can hear each other in the other boat clear as day <laughs> <laughs> across the way they are, look at <laughs> and literally, they, he hears tony go the busy body <laughs> oh, so it's perfect I love it so much and then there's that moment when yeah Tony panics goes to throw the dynamite but doesn't throw it very well and it kind of <laughs> flops flop, near their boat and goes off but everyone's okay Yeah. and then the our old friend Mohammed Al-Fai <laughs> walks up on a boat
2: <laughs> I thought he was a red blooded huh? here he comes
3: he's <laughs> like oh Poirot not you again mamma mia and Poirot gives this little like smirk like whoops oh. (laughs) what are you gonna do (laughs) oh it's great
2: detective lols yeah it's it's a really good ending it's like it's quite satisfying ending because um, as well they both get brought to justice which is nice and, and lovely Labrador Douglas gets let out of prison
3: Yes but he's lost his dowdy not dowdy wife in the mm. process But I think he'll find love again probably with like a, a good stick that <laughs> he finds on <it> a walk <laughs> <Yeah>. or <laughs> a good belly rub a
2: yeah. <laughs> 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 nice, nice pig's foot or something Yeah, yeah
3: Exactly um, and then as you say there's that lovely moment when Poirot and Pamela part ways mm. And but although we are leaving roads, there are more adventures ahead right mm, yeah problem at sea
2: problem at sea I would say one of the standouts of this series so um one of my favourites yeah it's more like one of my favourite stories ever mm. uh, the, Christie's. the
3: denouement of this one is brilliant it's fantastic
2: and the mm. the mystery is so good mm. and so, so clever good. and so mm. oh yeah. yeah it's just it's, and
3: creepy and oh I can't wait but before we move on to that did you solve it listener did you solve the case tell me how you solved it Adam you said you got half
2: well as I say the suspects you have uh, Pamela, it's not her, obviously. Mm. Major Barnes, it's just not him. You just know straight away. He's got nothing to do with the yeah. story at all. He's not in it enough to justify being a suspect.
3: Even though he's a, a menace to women, he's not <laughs> yeah. a murderer.
2: So then you're left with Douglas, but Poirot knows it's not him and tells people it's not him. No, it's not him. Don't worry, I'll find out mm. who it is. So you're left with Marjorie and mm-hmm. um, bloody hell.
3: <laughs> Tony. Tony. <laughs> I keep wanting to call him Seth
2: I don't know That's really weird It's not even anything remotely like his name
3: Not not even close
2: So you're left with Marjorie and Tony So if it's Tony why would he kill the wife he's been shouting about all the way through the episode and if it's Marjorie Mm -hmm. then there must be a reason for you know because Douglas is the one going to prison so it becomes kind of obvious that it was either it's either Tony or it's both of them because Mm, yeah yeah, and, and then you just by process of elimination you just saying, well, it must be them, then. So.
3: Yeah. I came at it from, I knew Tony had done it because it was too, if you're going to poison someone, you don't buy the drink mm. that you're poisoning them with. Yeah. That's too bloody obvious. And even Douglas the Labrador's not that stupid. No, right? yeah. So I instantly knew that. And the fact that Tony, because also earlier on in the episode, actually, Tony makes a point of being like, oh, this bloody pink gin. Like he's not a fan to begin with, yeah. but yet he orders it. So I was instantly like, okay, Tony's definitely poisoned his wife. And that's why he has hardly touched the drink and it's ready and waiting for her when she returns mm. then when it was revealed by the the apothecary lady that there was it was a woman the, boy, the poison so instantly I was like okay so it's Tony and yeah. Marjorie McDowell yeah <laughs> Daddy LaRue so I yeah that was how I how I solved it but yeah initially I, I give myself a half though because I only got that because they give you a massive bloody clue <laughs> right yeah. at the end
2: there. it's a shame the pool of suspects wasn't a little bit wider in this one mm. because then you been like well yeah. maybe it was you know, but then again you know, it's a 43 minute programme they can't really put much more in and it's more important to have the escalating tension I think between the two couples and, yeah and, more and, red and herrings. I
3: think this one from what I remember this story in particular started as a short story I think that was in a newspaper it was published in a magazine or a newspaper oh, right. and then okay. she added it to the collection mm. so I think she saves up the big suspect pool for Evil Under the Sun where mm. it does have a relatively similar premise to start with and then obviously goes in a different direction Direction, but yeah, I think this one is right. It, it has to be small because it's short, and it would probably get too complicated otherwise. Mm.
2: Yeah, no, you're very right. It's it's very similar to Evil Under the Sun in terms mm. of storyline. starts that way, but yeah, yeah. Um, it's a lot more intricate. I think you got a hotel for the yeah. suspects in that one, and the misdirection yes. in that is fantastic. It's genius. yeah This is like a short, condensed version of that story. But
3: yeah, A, mm. <laughs> a little taster to start us off.
2: The misdirection is very clever, though.
3: Yes very much so did you solve it listeners did you manage to do it tell us if you did you can either tweet us or post on any social channel within reason uh labors of hercule and tell us about it or email us because i'd like i really like to hear how people come to it i find that fascinating
2: absolutely and uh thank you for joining us and join us again next time for problem at sea this one really is a mind twister And going to be hip <laughs> We're back in the company <laughs> of Mr. Arthur Hastings as well. He goes on holiday with Poirot in this one, doesn't he? Oh, my
3: God, lads on tour. Mm, I can't wait. It
2: really is, lads on tour. <laughs> I say, I'm organizing a shooting competition. Oh, I just love it.
3: <laughs> <laughs> can't wait.
2: Well, yeah, don't forget to enter the competition. And until next time, see you later.
1: Au
3: revoir.
2: <laughs> Au revoir.
3: If you'd like to keep up to date with what we're doing or get in touch with us, you can follow us on Twitter at LaborsHercule. Hercule. We're also on Instagram if you like pictures at Labors of Hercule. And if you were born in the 1920s yourself, then you can be all old-fashioned and email us at bonjour at thelaboursofhercule.com. That's it from us. See you next time. Au revoir, mes amis.